0: If you would open up in your Bibles, we are going to be going around in a number of places here today. We're going to be starting off, if I can find it, over in Acts chapter 13, if you want to turn on over to there. One morning there was a terrible snowstorm, this will help get us ready for the things that are to come, huh? So outside was this uh, this mother of three small children, she was outside shoveling the snow in the driveway. The neighbor saw her shoveling the snow and was kind of surprised that the husband wasn't out there shoveling the snow with her or shoveling the snow for her. So he said, why isn't your husband out here helping you? And she said, well, someone needed to stay inside with the kids and someone needed to come out here and shovel the snow. So we drew straws. So he said, oh, I am sorry you lost. She says, no, I won. (laughs) Oh, yes, snow is on the way. We've been talking over the last number of weeks over five minutes to effective prayers. Last week, we took a little break and we went off into something else. But uh, we're back on to our five minutes to effective prayers. We talked about wisdom, how we need to pray more often for wisdom. I think the thing we ought to be praying for most is wisdom. Too many times we pray for situations and for things, or too often we pray for things to come to us or for things to go away. But the number one thing we need to do is to pray for wisdom. The reason problems are problems is because we are uncertain of what to do. If we knew how to handle everything that came at us, we wouldn't really have any problems. There are three factors talked about that make a problem big to us. One is uncertainty of action. Two is fear of acting. And three is inadequacy to act. Too many Christians are praying for trials to be removed instead of for them to be resolved. And God wants to resolve your problems. He wants to give you the wisdom that you need to take care of that. We looked at David and Solomon. Some of the things went on there and saw some steps we could do to take care of our problems. That was a number of weeks ago. Last time we were on this topic, we've, we we uh, were looking at finding a way. Very often we, we know how to do something, but we don't know a way to get it done. We saw Jacob. He was working for somebody, stingy boss. And God found a way to have prosperity come to him. God can find a way for things to come to you. And sometimes we need to just pray for God. God, I just need a way here. I know what needs to happen. I know what your word says. I need a way for this to come about. And God showed a way for for Jacob. Now, the problem was Jacob was out there doing all sorts of stuff. He was doing things with sticks and spots and all sorts of things, thinking that his efforts had an effect on it. That if I made them... You know, look at the watering trough when they came. They saw sticks this way or spots this way. And they're going to have uh, offspring of spotted or speckled or whatever it was that he was uh, getting paid for at the time. And then God gave him a dream. And in the dream, we saw that what his efforts did had no effect on his blessing. Too often, the things that we're doing in the natural have no effect on our prosperity. But we think that they do. And so we keep doing those things. And sometimes people, Christian, good Christian people have done things that you just wonder about. Shake your head. That's just stupid. Why do you think that that has an effect on that? And they're not seeing the hand of God. That God sometimes just uh, just makes a way. And so God sometimes does some things to, to help out with that. God will find a way to make a blessing come to you. And it doesn't mean that, well, it's because uh, I did this. You know, they had that one commercial on, on TV that uh, superstitions in sports fans. Anybody see that one? And, you know, they all had to have their uh, beverage with the label pointing in the same direction. And if they did that, then th- good things would happen. And the one guy didn't believe them. And then, ah, oh, that's crazy. And so, uh, come on, just get on with the program. And so all five, six guys, they all had their beverage with the label uh, pointing out towards the field and uh, the field goal was good or whatever would happen. So, oh, wow, this stuff does work. Now, sometimes our efforts are not having any effect on it at all. It's just God. And Jacob had a dream. And if you want to go back, you can check those things out. That was in Genesis chapter 24. Our wealth will not come through scheming, but God will find a way for wealth and for things to come to us. This week, we want to look at the uh, prayers of praise and thanks. Now, again, these don't need to be long prayers, but they do need to be frequent. Just think about yourself. How many times have you been thanked by people? People came up to you and said thank you for thing. How many of it? How many for you did it last longer than thirty seconds? What what would happen to you if someone came up and thanked you for an hour? <laughs> what would happen? Wouldn't you start to feel uncomfortable after a while? Like all right, I get the message. All right, I got it. You're glad. You're happy. <laughs> no, we want to you know just come up and say you know I really appreciate what you did over there. Oh, thanks so much for taking care of that. And we got to do the same thing with God. We don't need to sit there and have an hour-long prayer session. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, we don't need to do that. That's a waste of time. That's not effective. Because I think God sometimes is sitting out there saying, what are you thankful for? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, what are you thankful for? I don't know. Just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) No, come on. Be thankful for something. Tell them what you're thankful for. And if you don't have anything that you're thankful for, go find something. And then just tell them, Father God, I thank you. You know what? You have given me wisdom in times I needed it. Father, you poured your joy into me. I just thank you for your joy. I just thank you for the love of God. Father God, you opened up your word to me the other day. I saw some things in it I didn't say Thank you so much for opening your word to me. I know that of myself. I couldn't understand it. But you just come along and help me out. Thank him for stuff. Be specific about it. You know, if your kids came up to you and started thanking you profusely, but not anything specific, how many of you get a little suspicious? <laughs> what, what you do? <laughs> and you must have done something. We kind of turn off all that other stuff. Acts chapter 13 verse one. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there they sailed to Cyprus. What they had done here was they were taking time and they were just ministering to the Lord. They were just ministering to God. In the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers and as they ministered, verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now, sometimes the Spirit of God's going to open up and say some things just because you're ministering to the Lord. you was out there ministering to Him. Praise, thanksgiving. It says, uh, fasting. Or whatever it was they were doing, they were just in there ministering to the Lord. And the Lord, this is cool. This is, He likes this. And, uh, while they were doing all that, He said, all right, now's the time. Go ahead and do this thing, this thing over here. Sometimes we need to just get ourselves away and just start ministering to the Lord. Stop waiting for Him to minister to us and minister to Him. Oh, when we do that, He'll start speaking some things. He'll start opening our eyes to stuff. We need to take time to minister to God. Not just time being ministered to by Him. As individuals, I put in your outline, and as a group. There are times we get together as a group and we minister to the Lord. There's times we need to do it as As individuals. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22, Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. Third, I mean, most of us would find reason to complain here. This is not a good situation. I didn't do anything wrong. I was minding my own box, minding the business of God, doing the things that God wanted us to do. God sent us here. And uh, they beat us, put us into the deepest, darkest part of the prison. Not very nice in those prisons. They didn't have, uh, you know, uh, whatever our government regulations over there checking out to make sure that uh, the, the number of rats were down. Or, uh, you know, that the moisture level wasn't too high or that the filth level was at a certain level. No, they didn't have any of that. They just threw people down there. So it's not a very nice place. They're out there singing praises to God, ministering to God, singing hymns. This is the thing we ought to be doing. Too often, though, we get so caught up in the things that we're facing that we aren't ministering to God. We are out there singing praises, singing hymns. We aren't doing those kind of things. This is a part of prayer. This is the part of, of ministering to God. And it ought to be a big part of it. Not asking God for stuff, but ministering to Him. Taking some time and just, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Give you praise and glory for that. And you ought to be able to find some things that you're thankful for. You should be able to find some stuff. What's going on in your life that you're thankful for? What's What's happening? That you're glad for. It's real easy for us to be focused on what we are not glad for. What is not going well. And what we aren't too happy about. Because that just screams for our attention. But what is going on in your life that you are thankful for? What's going on that's right? Pay attention to it. Focus on it. Thank you, God. Look how that's going over there. Well, how's your job going? Well, it could be going better. (laughs) Well, what's going right about it? Thank God for the things that are going right. Sure, it could be going better. You could probably be a better employee too. Your boss might even be thinking about that. But go on. Thank you, Father God, that I have a place I get to show up to every every day and work and have a have a job and get a paycheck. Oh, this is good. I appreciate that. Father God, I thank you for the people I get to have influence over at the place where I'm working at. If you're looking at the place you're working at and they're all scoundrels, you ought to sit back and say, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm here to be a light to them. I'm here to open up the, the, the uh, highway to heaven. Let them see what the Word of God is, can do in their life. Open, open things up for them. Help them out wherever you are because you can get down in the dumps in whatever situation you are in. You can get down in the dumps about it. But you can also say, glory to God, look where I am. I'm in the midst of heathen. I'm in the midst of some guys that uh, they aren't all that good. You know, one of the, one of the things that keeps me playing hockey because there's some nights, you know, now we're playing outside. We're not always playing in real nice weather. And sometimes I think, you know, I don't know if I really want to go play. But then I think, you know what? This is, this is my main opportunity to see unsaved people at work. <laughs> and I get to see unsaved people at work. And every single one of them knows I'm a pastor. And we have some conversations about church and about God and about what's going on in the world. Oh, I have fun with those conversations. One guy, we sat down, he, he showed up early. I'm always there early. He showed up early, and we were both talking about stuff. And he said, he told me about some things, about his spiritual views of things. And afterwards, he said, I don't tell that to anybody. And we got to talk about some stuff, about what was, was going on in his life. And he just said, I don't talk about that to anybody. But he talked about it there. You're in a position to minister to some people, to help some. Oh, it'd be real nice to be around Christian people all the time who are spirit-filled and Going after God and balanced in the Word of God. But there's a whole lot of other people out there that, that need us. Who was it that Jesus was drawn to? He said the sick need a physician. I need to go around them. Go out there and help those people. Don't sit there and, and gripe and complain about them being in your life. Father God, I thank you for unsaved people that are in my life that I can minister to, that I can help. I thank you that I am a light in every single place that I go to. Father, I thank you that your wisdom flows to me to speak wisdom to these people that are that that I come in contact with. Oh, Father I thank you for the help that you give me with that. And just be be praising him. Be thanking him. Remember, thank him for specific things. Always thank him for specific things. But you don't gotta do it, it doesn't take very long. We're gonna look at one story too in particular. It don't take long to say thank you. You can do it quick. Oh my God is so appreciative of it. How many times have you been appreciative of somebody coming up and saying, you know that thing you did? Oh I appreciate that. Doesn't that make you feel good? Makes you feel like going out there and do it again. Yeah. God's the same way. I heard one person tell the story. I'm sure I've shared it with you before. I forget who told the story on it, but um, they were over there and they were looking down and they saw I think it was Keith Moore. I don't think I think it was Brother Keith Moore who was sharing the story. He said, uh, God was looking down and saw this servant of his coming up. Father, I just thank you, I give you praise. just give him just ministering to the Lord. Saying all the different things he was thankful for and all the things that God had done. And uh Jesus turned over to one of the angels. He said, what, what, what are they What are they asking for? They're not asking for anything. They're just here, just thinking, not asking for anything? No, not asking for anything. They're just, they've just been spending time down there, thanking you, giving you praise, giving you glory. Listen a little bit longer. He says, they're not asking for anything. Not asking for anything. So he says to the angel, he says, well, what do they need? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we ought to get to the side where, where God is looking. What do they need? What do they need? Have you ever done that with somebody in your life? You just saw some, something in them and you just wanted to bless them. Man, what is it that they need? And you went out there to find something. God wants to bless his people. But we've got to get before him and, and begin to do this. Paul and Silas, just think about them. Out there in the midst of the prison, singing hymns. Thank you, God. Put in your outline, there is nothing we need to feel to start to praise God. There is nothing we need to feel. If you wait until you feel good, if you wait until you're glad, if you wait until you're happy, before you, you, it's not going to happen. You need to do it when you're feeling bad. You need to do it when you're not feeling so good. Just start stirring up on the inside of you the good things that are there. Stirring up the Word of God. Father God, I just need to stir up some stuff. So I'm going to be over here just stirring up some things getting some things going. And once you get started, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. How many have ever been in an exercise program or, you know, gotten another thing, you work out and you do stuff like, stuff like that and you know the hardest thing to do? Start. But once you get started, sometimes it starts to feel good and you start to, and you're, you're looking at me, no, I never felt good. All right. <laughs> but sometimes you start to feel good about that. Oh, man, it's, this, this, I can feel this. It's kind of energizing me. This is doing good over here. Get started. Don't wait to feel good. Just get going. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, and he said, Listen, all of you, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, king of Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. I'll tell you what, we always like to have the battle be God's. Sometimes, though, God does not do it this way. <laughs> Sometimes the battle is yours. And he says, I'm going to be there to help you, but you need to go into that battle. But here in this situation, he says the battle is not yours, It's mine. Down in verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then all the Levites and the children of the Kohathites, the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Down in verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, and we should praise the beauty of the holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now here we see the praise went first. The praise went first. Then came The change. First of all, the praise went out. Then came the change. We need to start praising some more. Yeah, but you don't know what my situation is like. Well, you keep looking at your situation how it is. Start looking beyond it. Start looking at what God can do. Start looking at what His promises are. What happens if God comes through in your situation? What happens if things change on that? What would you do then? And you start praising. You start looking, oh, Father God, I thank you. I am looking ahead to what you are doing. I'm looking ahead to the things that are, are out there. And we start putting the the praise out. Luke chapter 24. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass when he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. They were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Wow. That's pretty descriptive, isn't it? We need to be continually before God, praising and blessing His name. Do people around you know that you bless God? Do people around you know that you praise God? They ought to. This is not just a one-time experience. Not just an occasional experience. It's a continual experience. Oh, we need to be people that are are blessers. We need to be people that are praisers. We need people that are thankful. It's It's a different attitude that's around you. It's a different attitude that's, that's around there. I was meditating on some things in the Old Testament with some of the people that were there. How many remember David when he had a, uh, uh, when there were messengers? I think in particular it was a story with Absalom. And when Absalom was dead, they were looking for a messenger to send word back to tell David what had happened. And so the the one guy, I think it was the son of Jonathan, he had stood up and he said, I'll go on back and... uh they said, no, you are a bearer of good news. You will not go back. They had to get someone else. Then it seemed to be as they had messengers, that there were certain messengers that were messengers of good news. And there were certain messengers who were messengers of bad news. And in fact, when he he uh, he finally begged and pleaded and they said, all right, you can go ahead and go because they had already sent someone else. And so he took off running and he just, he outran the other guy and he got there first. And they saw him from a distance, and they said, "It's so and so." Oh, well, he's a messenger of good news, so it must be good. And so he came on up to the to the uh, to David, and he gave his report, and he said, "May all uh, how, how do you say uh, uh, the the Lord had blessed the battle, and they had prevailed, and uh, that was good news." And they said, well, what about my son Absalom?" And he said, "I don't know. There was a skirmish about, and I." Uh, I, I didn't hear what that was about. Uh, well, okay, there, there's another messenger coming right behind you. You stand over here. And so they had him stand over there. And the other messenger came. And uh, he said, uh, you know, we had won the victory, the battle. He'd sold all the things that the other messenger had already said. And so David asked him, he said, what of Absalom? And the reply was something along this lines. May all your enemies be as Absalom. And David was very sad. And he had brought some sad news for David. David was so sad that eventually Joab had to go in and shake him up and says, "Look, <laughs> you're telling these people that you wouldn't have cared if they all died, and, as long as Absalom lived, you need to get out there and encourage them, people." And so he uh, listened. Then he got up there and did it. But as I was meditating on that, I thought, you know what? There are some people who are bringers of bad news. How many of you have people in your life that every time they come in they bring bad news? How many have people in your life that every time they come in they bring good news? You know why that is? I was meditating on this. Why is it that some people are bringers of bad news and some people are bringers of good news? Because if you were a messenger, how many of you do not want to be? I don't want to be a bringer of bad news. (laughs) i want to be a bringer of good news. But once you are a bringer of bad news, I think you're always a bringer of bad news. Have you ever watched a show on TV and a certain character pops up and you know the face? And every time he plays a character, he plays the bad guy. Every single time he plays the bad guy. So when you see the movie or you see the show, what do you think when you see this guy? He did it. He's the bad guy. He's the the one who did it. (laughs) And you already know before the thing's all over, it's going to come back and this guy did it. I've watched some of those and, you know, you you just know this is going to be the bad guy. He's going to because he's a bad guy. He plays bad guys. Once in a while, you see somebody start to make a transition. They were a bad guy and they try to make a transition into being a good guy. And uh, sometimes that works real well. And sometimes I've seen some actors who've who've made a transition from being a good guy to being a bad guy. I've, I know one who did it so well. I used to enjoy his uh, some of his stuff is out there. But remember these, the show Cheers? Remember Woody? He played such an innocent, nice nice guy, and then he started doing movies, and he played such an evil bad. I didn't even want went and watched his movies. Like ah, I don't even want to see that because he played a bad guy really well. From what I saw in the commercials, I didn't see the movies, but. Um, they looked like he played it really, really well. And he made a transition. Of course, that was a transition that I don't think was quite as good. But then there's guys who try and make a transition from being a bad guy to being a good guy. And sometimes it doesn't work all that well. But I was wondering about this and I was asking God, why is it that some people are bringers of bad news in our lives and some people are bringers of good news? And it was a real simple answer. Because some people attract bad news. And some people attract good news. I want to be one of those who attracts good news. and Be a bringer of of good news. I hope that people, when they meet us, they are uncomfortable giving us bad news. But very comfortable giving us good news. Well, it's just something to think about. A little side note. They were in the temple continually. It's not just supposed to be a one-time experience. It's not just an occasional experience. It is a continual experience. In Luke chapter 17, verse 12, Luke chapter 17, verse 12, then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his feet. Giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, "Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner?" And he said to them, "Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. How long do you think that took for him to come back to to be thankful? How long do you think he was at the feet of Jesus saying thank you?" I think probably not more than a minute or two. It doesn't take that long to say thank you. It may have taken a little while to make the trip back, but it doesn't take that long to do it. Now, we've gone over this story before. And just to remind you of some of the principles that are here, that first off, first off, the journey to Christ is what we see. When these ten lepers had, had leprosy, they made a journey to Christ. It was made out of need. Most people who come to Christ come out of need. Most people who go into prayer go into prayer because of need. If need is the number one thing that causes you to pray, you are not going to have a very effective prayer life. You need to go to prayer more than just because you need it. You got to find a a better way to do that. They made the journey out of need. When there is no other hope, this journey is the easiest. I put that in your outline. When there is no other hope, This journey is the easiest. When there's no other way to get an answer, when there's no other way to get something done, it's real easy. Well, I have no other choice. I guess I have to go to God. I have no other choice. I guess I'll have to believe that God will help me out on this thing. Mm, that's That's a bad place to be. Other things can keep people from making this journey. But most people who come to Christ make it out of need. So when these ten lepers came to Jesus... They came because they had a need. They heard that Jesus healed lepers. They were a leper. And so they had a need for to be healed of the leprosy. So they made the journey to Christ. The journey to receive is made out of desire. We have a journey to receive, but it's made out of desire. I have a desire for the thing. I have a need. Now I know how that need can be taken care of. And I have a desire to see that thing taken care of. You know, we were all sitting around. Listen, Nikolai came on over to the house, and we were sitting around, we're watching the movie, and all of a sudden, I got an idea. We were talking about some stuff, and I had an idea. And I thought, you know what? It's getting close to Thanksgiving. You know what that means? Eggnog. (laughs) I don't know why that popped into my head there, but it popped into my head. Eggnog. And all of a sudden, I had a desire for eggnog. Now, I didn't have a need for eggnog, but I had a desire for eggnog. Well, that desire by itself was not enough to get me off the sofa and head on out. But then some of the other people began to express some of their desires. And uh, they had some desire for ice cream. Now, it's going to appreciate this. <laughs> but we didn't have ice cream in the house. So uh, I said, all right, I'll go out to the store and get eggnog and ice cream. So I went out to the store and got, believe it or not, I got coffee-flavored ice cream. And you know, I wasn't touching that one. That one wasn't for me. And I was looking for one of my favorite flavors out there, but they didn't have my favorite flavor. They didn't have my second favorite flavor, and they didn't have my third favorite flavor. They didn't have much out there. It was pretty stripped down in the way of ice cream was going. So I got a second one with Reese's Pieces ice cream, and it was all right. You know, it's, it's not as good as the other ones, but it was okay. So I came on home with the Reese's Pieces ice cream and the coffee with chocolate chips in it or some kind of chips in there. And, of course, the eggnog. See, I had a desire for eggnog. Because of the desire, I made a journey. I made a trip. It wasn't a need. I would have done just fine without eggnog. anybody else here like eggnog. I know Naz does. yeah. you talked about that? before. I love eggnog. Now, there's only two people in our house, except when Nikolai's over. It's the the men of the house will eat it. The women of the house will not eat eggnog. They they won't touch it. But uh, the rest of us, those guys, we we like eggnog. I know it's full of calories. I know I don't count them. I just know that there's a whole lot in there. But I just know, doggone, that sucker's good. And why is it they only make that for one month out of the year? I don't understand that. They should be making it a whole lot more. But they don't. They only make it that one time. So I suddenly realized, oh, it's out there. and It's got to be out there in the store now. Sure enough, it was. They were loaded. They had four different kinds. Caramel, eggnog. I haven't tried that one. I just got the regular, the regular stuff. They had low fat. I tried that one time. That is a mistake. I don't know why they make that stuff. You're going to have eggnog, get every single calorie in it. There is no other way to drink the stuff. <laughs> but you see, that was a journey just because I just wanted to get something. It was a journey out of desire. There was no need for it. We weren't out of anything in, of importance. Just made it out of desire. And, and sometimes we won't always make this. We'll always make the journey that's out of need. We won't always make the one that's out of desire. And so Jesus gave this to him. He says, all right, you go and make the journey over to the priest so that you can be checked out where well, you're not supposed to go to the priest until there's a change and they're just supposed to inspect the change so they had to make this out of faith and they had to be making the journey well this may not be uh, come to anything they may get mad at us because we showed up but they made the journey to receive this it was made out of desire as we said the law gives one reason to see the priest and that is change something had to have changed and nothing had changed in them yet anyone will make a trip if they are sure they will get something but they're not sure. And that sometimes cuts it down a little bit. You know, I was thinking going to the store, they're coming out all kinds of ice cream. Now I'm thinking twice about making any of your trips for ice cream because they may not have the kind that you want. Here's the third one. The journey to worship. This was the last one. The last guy, he came back and he made the journey back to Jesus to worship him. It was made out of gratitude. It's not made out of desire. It was not made out of need. It was made out of gratitude. Now I don't need anything. I've come to give. I don't need anything. I've come to give. Jesus seemed almost expectant that this would happen. He almost seemed like that he's expecting that they would have come, that others would have come and made the journey. His response to the one who came back weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? How many times has he said that about us? I heard you last week and the week before that and the week before that. You're always coming here for need. Did you ever make the trip to say thanks? Did you ever make the trip to talk about how much you appreciate the things that are going on? Apparently, Jesus expect it, expects it. He expects some gratitude. I don't know if you knew that about Jesus. Because we don't see Jesus greet them. Jesus doesn't say, wow, I sure appreciate you coming back and saying that. No, who would he point to? Where's the other ones? How come all of you didn't come back? How come that? Where, where's everybody else? Now, this guy came back before he made a trip to the priest. He came back as soon as he saw he was healed. He didn't even go back to the priest yet. He came on back and says, ah, oh, I just want to say thank you. I'll make my trip to the priest later. But I just want to come back and say, thanks. Thanks so much. Everyone who comes to Christ is drawn by their need. Everyone who comes to Christ is drawn by their need. When we came to Jesus, it was because we knew we needed a Savior. I needed someone to change my life. Some people come out of greater need. Some people come out of greater desperation. But we all come out of need. Everyone who receives from Christ, receives by their faith. There's no other way to receive. We receive by our faith. We're drawn to Christ by our need. But we receive Because of our faith. And everyone who worships Christ worships because of their gratitude. Everyone who worships Christ worships because of their gratitude. And they are few. You will find that as you go down this, there are fewer and fewer. There are many people who come to Christ for need. There are fewer people who receive by their faith. And there are less who come and are gracious about it. Come and say thank you. You know what's interesting? Nowhere in the Word of God does it tell us that the nine who didn't come back and say thank you ever lost what they received. Nowhere does it tell us that. Sometimes Christians, we we, we don't lose what we received. Are we grateful? Are we thankful? What kind of things are you thankful for? What kind of things can you do in the area of prayer for thanks and praise? When things happen, what is your attitude about God? The number one thing that you can get in your life, the number one thing that God can give you is wisdom, and right along with that is revelation. That's the number one thing He can give you. When you receive wisdom, when you receive revelation from God, that is the greatest thing that God can give you. It's not money. It's not houses. It's not boats or cars. It is wisdom and revelation. When God gives you and opens up your eyes, you can understand things in the Word of God You can understand things, how to change your situations, how to fix something at work, how to fix something at home, how to do all these kind of things. You can understand what to do. You can receive those things from God and God can help you out in immense ways, in in great ways. If you listen to him, he will help you out. It is the best thing in the world that God can do for you. But how grateful are we when it happens? Now, there's a number of ways that you show gratefulness. One way is just to stop and say, well, man, I really appreciate that. Have you ever received revelation? We talked about this before, but have you ever received revelation or wisdom on something when you're driving in the car? Yeah, that's not a convenient time, is it? Have you ever received wisdom and revelation when you're right in the middle of doing something, maybe washing the dishes, watching a show, outside in the lawn doing something, doing a thing? Maybe the the, always the fun one, sleeping. And then God comes along and stirs you up and gives you wisdom or revelation. What is your attitude about it? Oh, God, now? (laughs) Is that a thankful attitude? (laughs) That's not a thankful attitude. What's God going to be doing? Well, they don't want it all that much. Our attitude every time that God gives us wisdom and revelation should be, oh, thank you. And and write it down. If it's revelation, write it down. If it's wisdom, write it down or act on it. Because you never know what what he's trying to help you to take care of. Sometimes he's helping you prevent something from coming up. Sometimes he's helping you uh, understand some things that you have some wisdom to share with somebody who's going to come into your life. Sometimes he's going to be there to help you out. A lot of times I'm in the shop planing the boards, running the router, and revelation comes to me. About something for Sunday, I will tell you what. Sometimes he can speak things to me in a matter of one or two minutes. They can carry me through for weeks. Well, I've learned, you know, make sure you write it down. Do something and write that thing down. Get it taken care of. There was a a, a number of weeks ago. You wouldn't you wouldn't even th- I didn't even think this was all that much God, but it was coming up on the inside of me to do something, and to. To, to actually act on on a thing and I said, all right i need to do that and every time i kept coming around to the spot where i could do something about it i kept getting busy or getting caught up with uh with things like that but finally i took the time and says all right i need to do this and um i found out there was a problem with me getting it done so i went on out there and, and the problem we were trying to to um do some things with the the program for the worship songs and i needed to move it onto another computer but the database was too large. I had nothing that would move it. And so I was out getting, we had to get some paper for the church and I was out at Staples and right over there by Staples, they had these little things on sale for $10 that was four times the size of a USB drive that I have. It was a huge one and it was cheap. 10 bucks. Wow, this is great. I'm going to get that sucker. And so I got that sucker. I brought it right into church. I backed up the, the database immediately. I took it over to the other computer and put it all on. That was about three weeks ago. Today, the computer stopped working. <laughs> now, so I thought, well, that's no big deal. I'll move the other one over. We're all ready. <laughs> move the other one over, plugged it right in, and it went. Now, fortunately, we got the other computer back going again. We found out what the problem was, but didn't lose anything over it at all. Plugged the other computer back in, moved it right on over. All the songs were there. Everything was ready to go. Glory to God. We can, we can find out. Because sometimes God's going to speak some things to you, but are you grateful for it? Well, one way you show you that you're grateful is first off, you act on it. Another way is that you take whatever it is that he speaks to you and and says to you and you write it down and you cherish it and you go back and you look at it again and check it out some more. That's an area of of being thankful. Every time that God gives you something and you go back and you check on it some more, you're saying, thank you, God, for this. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I really, really like that. That means a lot to me that that you gave this to me. And you cherish it. And you, you bring that in and you get that revelation in and you're going to adopt this into your life. I'm going to be put this as, as part of my life. I'm going to have this thing going in. Do you do that? One of the things I am so grateful for every time I get to do it, I just I am so thankful that I live in a day where podcasting is available. Because I podcast this church and I podcast that church and I podcast this church and every time I start listening to them, it, I says, glory to God, I'm so thankful that I get to hear Brother Rick or Brother... Bob, or Brother Tony Cook, or Brother Doug, or somebody. And they're right there, right when I want them, and I can just listen to them. Oh, it's so good. Every time I put them on, I say, thank God for my iPod. Thank God for iTunes, that I can download these things and, and have them right there to, to listen on. Oh, I'm so, so glad for that. Now, I, I could become ungrateful and not listen a whole lot kind of put it aside and not really do a whole lot with it let's ungrateful for it but as we're going to have effective prayers of praise and thanksgiving thank god for these things father i know i thank you for this before but you know i really appreciate this in my life i really appreciate that you sent this person along i really appreciate that i have these words that are being able to spoken to me i'm so thankful for the these uh things out there i have to read Oh, I just really appreciate that. I'm so thankful for this that I have to help me out. I, I thank I thank God all the time for Bible programs. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Bible programs are great because what took hours to do before, you can now do in 10, 15 minutes. Oh, it is so neat. Every time I do one of those searches and pull those things up, I say, oh, this is so good. Father, thank you for having me be born in this day <laughs> when computers are there and we have those to help us out. Be thank, Be always thankful. And be giving Him praise. It doesn't take long. But they sure ought to be frequent. The number one thing we ought to ask for. Is wisdom. The number one thing we ought to be doing in prayer. Is praise and thanks. Praise and thanks should take up more of your prayers than anything else. As far as things are concerned. We're going to talk about one type of prayer down the road. That may take up more time. But you ought to be coming back here and do this pretty often. Be thankful. To God. For what he is giving you. Show it. Demonstrate it. and everything that you do. Let God see. Oh, I am thankful. I am thankful. We got the news media out there. The news media is bombarding us with stuff. Negative stuff. Things that are out there that are not helpful. Thank God we can go out there and find other places to, to hear what's going on. We don't have to always hear it from those, those folks. Because they got some strong bias out there. And they are biased against the things of God. Don't make them your source. They're going to give you doom and gloom. And that this world's coming to an end and so forth, no, no, God is great. God is on the throne. This earth is going to be in the condition it is now. When he comes again, it won't be remade for a long time. But he will eventually remake it. And it's going to be a new earth and a new heavens. And we're going to be part of it forward. God, it's going to be good. It's fun just to think on those things for for a while. But the day's coming. Jesus is coming back for us. It's, I don't know how soon it is. The things are going on in this world. We had to wonder. But wow, it's it's got to be pretty soon, right? But we keep thinking that. But you just keep on going, and we keep on pressing on, and be thankful because it's so easy to fall into the thing where, oh, look at all this bad stuff. Look at all these bad people that are in my life. Look at all these bad situations. Be thankful for what you have. Wake up in the morning and just be glad. Father God, I'm glad for this that you, that you gave me. I thank you for the wisdom. I thank you for the revelation that you have poured into me. I thank you for the way that you speak to me on a regular basis. Oh, I just, every time that you just speak down on the inside, oh, I just so appreciate that. Treat it like you, you are thankful for it. Treat it like you. You're so glad that God takes time to speak to you and pour into your life. Because he'll help you out. pouring into you about all sorts of stuff. Would you all stand up with me? Father, we thank you so much for the help that you give us. You've equipped us to go into this world, to win the lost, to overcome evil, to bring light where there is darkness, to understand your word, to have revelation, to have wisdom, and to have power. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. It doesn't take us long in prayer to be effective. But we just need to do it the right way. If we come before you and we just start saying saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not for anything. Just slap us upside the head. Let us know, hey, what are you thankful for? Help us to be in a place where we're being effective with our prayer. And not just in prayer. We thank you for the help that you give us on that. Father, your desire is to grow and to develop us and to turn us into mature ones, ones that are perfected in the things of God. And we thank you for the help that you give us in that. We give you the praise and the glory for it. Before we move on here, we had a couple of folks that, uh, uh, Candy and Bob, that stayed home. They were not feeling well today. They asked that we would remember them in prayer. Was there any other prayers that came, prayer requests that came in that I wasn't aware of? Alexis, uh, her grandmother passed away. And uh, they are going out to the funeral on Thursday. They're heading out to California. The funeral's not Thursday. I think it's Saturday, but they're going to head out on Thursday. Um, uh, She was very close to Alexis. She was very close to uh, Roshan. So you want to be praying for both of those. They're going to go out to there. I was talking to Alexis on the phone, and she said that most of the relatives out there are born again. Uh, A few maybe are not, but most of them are born again. But the few that are not, she can be a light to, And uh, they both can be a light to for... Because we're, we're not those people that we lose people and they, we die without hope. No, we got the hope. We know what God is doing. We know what God has taken us. So let's, uh, let's uh, remember them as they pray. They're heading out on Thursday, coming back, I guess, on Sunday. that sound right? Monday. Monday. Okay, coming back on Monday. So Alexis will be back on Tuesday from from college. If you're out here on Wednesday night, you'll get a chance to see her before she heads off to, to there on, on Thursday. But let's pray for those folks. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. Thank you for the faith that is in Candy and Bobby and build up in them that they come after whatever it is that tries to pull them down. We thank you for the word of God they have meditated on and they can use against whatever it is that comes against them. Thank you, Father, for the glory that you will get in this situation over in California that Alexis and Rashan will be out there to be lights for you. We thank you that she was a believer and went on to be with you and is in a far better place. And we thank you for the hope that we have. Oh, it's so good that we know, all right, we're separated now. But oh, the day is coming when we are reunited. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.